The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I want to let you know that my new book titled How to Have Difficult Conversations About Race is coming out September 13th. And after years of working with professionals just like you all around the world, I found that conversations about race are particularly challenging because of too much fear and too little confidence. More specifically, people struggle with the fear of discomfort, the fear of damaging relationships, the fear of being misunderstood, canceled, or ostracized for what they have to say. So who did I write this book for? the person who is passionate about changing the world and their organizations for the better, the leader who leads a diverse team, and the professional who wants to learn how to overcome the hidden barriers that make it tough to connect with people with a different background. Whether you consider yourself an ally or you just want to avoid making mistakes when discussing race, this book is for you. And as a listener, you know this already, but I'm going to say it again. I believe the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. That's my motto and that's why my goal is to help as many people as possible by making these difficult conversations easier and after six years and 600 episodes of negotiate anything i am asking for your support in this endeavor to make this world a better place at the american negotiation institute our goal is to change the world and i am not afraid to say that and this book plays a major role in that mission and we would love to have your support as we try to make this book a best seller because if it hits that number if it hits the bestseller list that means more people will know about the message within that book and if we hit the bestseller list that means that we can get this message out to people all around the world and we can't do it without you so if any of this resonates with you and you want to join the mission check out the link in the description of this episode to find out where you can buy your copy of how to have difficult conversations about race Hello, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. This show is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, and with over 5 million downloads and listeners in over 180 countries, listeners just like you have made this the number one negotiation podcast in the world. Hi, my name is Kwame Christian, and I am the founder and CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. Here at ANI, we believe that the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, and we are passionate about providing providing you with the best content that will help you to make your difficult conversations easier, both at work and at home. Lastly, I want to remind you that we offer consulting and conduct trainings, both virtually and in person, all around the world. Our focus is in three main areas. First, negotiation and conflict resolution. Second, leadership. And lastly, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Check the link in the description below to learn more about how we could work with you and your team. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Joey, thanks for joining us today. Kwame, thank you for having me, my friend. Hey, it is our pleasure. So how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Would love to. If I could start with a story, I'd love to do that. Um, yeah. And it's a story of um, been a few years ago. So when my son, who is now 14, when my son was five years old, he was playing soccer. It was his first soccer season. And he is a wonderful kid. He's a great tennis player now, but at the time he was not a great soccer player. So 
We're midway through the season. Everybody on the team has scored a soccer goal except for him. And so this moment in this game arises where, and you almost think about it in cinematic terms, he's standing there. It's him, the ball, the goal, rears back his leg, kicks as hard as he can, ball goes end over end, back of the goal, Harrison's very first goal, and the crowd goes wild. His coach, his coach runs out, picks him up. It's this moment of elation, and you're a dad. What's, what's the first thing he does? He looks to the sideline, to me, mm. to lock eyes with dad, just say, dad saw this moment. We shared this moment, but I missed it because mm. I was looking down at my phone, and I missed the entire goal. I missed the goal. Now, my son, here's the good news. My son's 14 now. He says he can't remember it, so that's good. But I, <laughs> but I, but I, but I missed this beautiful moment of my son, and, and that was a little one of these little great reminders that this thing that it's in my pocket is distracting me from what's most important in my life. And we're on a journey right now, a company we're working on called RO. Our, our goal and my goal personally and my co-founder Heath and all of our team is focused on making sure that other moms and dads don't have to tell that same story. So we don't, we don't miss a soccer goal. So that's what we do. We're on a mission right now to help people live out those moments, put aside those distractions and really, really actually be in that moment, be present. Oh, that is a powerful. Why? Wow. It hurts. And yeah, it's, 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 you know, I, I don't look the great thing. I don't look back on that with, with, you know, any kind of toxic shame, it's a motivator. It's a good thing. That's a, that's a little, that's a little, you know, a little reminder that, Hey, you gotta be on, you gotta be on watch for the things that are important to you all the time. Absolutely. And so, I mean, so many good things that we can talk about from that uh, besides the obvious, which we'll, we'll spend more time on, but I think just uh, good modeling for the listeners mm. too, because when you're thinking about doing anything, that's tough. We talk about difficult conversations yeah. on the show all the time, but anything that you're trying to do and learn, you're going to be bad at it. You're going to make mistakes yeah. early on. And it's important. I love that term you use toxic shame. It's important mm. not to feel that shame and then shy away from it because yeah. these moments are learning opportunities where you can learn from it, get better from it. But right. if you are, if you, you don't have that self-compassion and self-forgiveness, you mm. are not availing yourself to the, the, to the benefit of improvement yeah. wholeheartedly. Well, and you have to have, and, and I came up with the term compassionate curiosity. Just kidding. That, that was you. <laughs> that, was, that was you that came up with that term, but you got to, you know, you got to have the compassionate curiosity with yourself, right? You got to, you got to say to yourself, like, okay, I recognize this moment. I got to be, I got to be curious with what my shortcomings might be, but I got to be compassionate to myself. We got to forgive ourselves for these moments of that. And then to your point, let's go get better from it. And it's right. It's an interesting thing. I think this is embedded within all of us, but I, I bet everybody listening to your show has a certain level of achiever in them, which probably makes them more susceptible to a little bit of shame because they're always pushing themselves, driving themselves, got to get better, right? So anybody who's taking the time is listening to this right now, it's important to them to, to get better. And so you got to make, we have to know that we can get better at things. We're not stuck in this. And it's the, you know, the whole, you know, fixed mentality. You can't get stuck in that. We can improve at those sorts of things. That's really, really encouraging. Absolutely. Oh, this is great. This is really, really great. So when we're talking about RO, the, the technology, sure. let's, let's take a, a second and, and paint a picture for the audience. What does this look like? Sure. So RO helps us. So RO is it, the word itself means to notice. And so 
RO itself is a platform and the platform is, is designed all around a simple thing, which is to make it easy to put down your phone. And again, our phones are great when it's the workday. I'm generally with my phones. I got to make calls. I have to respond to calls, but when it's family dinner time, it's not, it's not time for the phone. I'm not anti-book, but I don't bring a novel to family dinner. Right. And, but we've gotten into this, we've gotten into this, this practice and habit of having our phones with us at all these times when we don't really need them. And the problem is, and we know this, we all know that over time, our environment is stronger than our willpower. In fact, James Clear, who's a believe he's a fellow Ohioan an Ohioan, yeah. excuse me, uh, of yours. He, he says that he says environment is stronger than willpower. And over time, no matter how strong our willpower is, our environment will trump that. And I will, I would even take that a step further and says, we don't need to be disciplined on certain things. If we just set up our environment, we avoid the necessity of discipline. And so then we can pour that energy into family time, into family dinner. So RO is two things. The platform itself, it begins with, and this back to James Clear, it begins with a visual cue. RO is a physical place where you put your phone. It's a, it's an ever present reminder of these ambitions that you have for yourself, for your life. When you walk in and when you, it's time for you to be with Whitney and Kai and Dominic, you see that and it reminds you, Hey, Kwame, you want to be present. And so that visual cue. So in, in the habit loop, as James clear defines it as cue, craving response reward. So that visual cue initiates a craving, which moves to a response, which is placing your phone down. And RO is more than just a box. It's actually a smart box with a bunch of embedded technology and what that means is when you drop your phone, RO knows that your phone is in there, knows your phone's there, but where the magic really happens, where it really coalesces, because when your phone's away, you do great things in your life, you do whatever you'd like, you read a book, you have family dinner, whatever it may be. When you take out your phone, the reward system comes in. You get credit for the time that you've been away from your phone. So it says, hey, you were just away from your phone for an hour and 13 minutes. One, that feels good to see that's a great thing that I just did. That's a tough feat. You tag that time I had family time. And then over the course of time, you see the way that you're living your life apart from your phone. And so we all get this dreaded Sunday notification from Apple that tells us how much time we were on our phones a day, like 30 hours a day or something like that. <laughs> right. And so what this does is it tells us the amount of time that you've intentionally been away from your phone. That's a positive thing. That's actually a dopamine hit. That tells you, and then we all, we use all the, all the tech companies, streaks and badges and all that kind of stuff. But the real reward, we all know this is the life we live when we're apart from our phone. And so it's that platform. R is that platform that combines that pairs this online, uh, you know, this app and this interface with that physical presence. And those two things that really leads to the habit creation formation. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And we will be right back after this. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. 
In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product, though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so... We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Have you ever read the book Hooked? Is that near y'all? Yes, that, that is the name of, of the author of that book. Because it, what you're saying sounds a lot like what he yeah. said in his book. Yeah, it, it's, um, you know, Nir is a, is a brilliant thought leader on this topic for sure. Um, Adam Alter is a brilliant, Tristan Harris, there are a bunch of people. And so, you know, here's this thing that we, um, you know, we have this physical thing and everybody's been talking about it kind of in the ether about, Hey, this is what can we do about phones? There's nothing we can do about it. We actually disagree. We, we believe you, we need the environment for it and the solutions out there. And by the way, I'm going to back up. I'll say it again. We love our phones. We need them. We're not going to get rid of my, our phones. My, my grandfather passed away several months ago mm. and in his hospital room in Arizona and me in my home in, in Atlanta at the time, we spoke on FaceTime before he passed. He told me he loved me. He's proud of me. What an amazing moment that was made possible by phones. So a lot of people who are talking with this are demonizing technology and we take an opposite stance. We love it. We need it. I'm not going back to a flip phone, but it's the, um, you know, it's, it's this power that we, um, it's this thing that everybody's been talking about in the ether of, of what do we do about it? The solutions have been located within the problem. It's mainly just been apps. We don't think the solution can be located within the problem. We need a physical distance between us and our phones for a few minutes each day. So we're grateful for people like Nir. We're grateful for people like Adam Alter, grateful for people like Tristan Harris, who have been kind of leading the way on this. And we hope that this is, hey, this is a physical representation of all that great work they've done. Yeah, this is great, man. Cause um, so I know my listeners hear me say this all the time, but I'm a psychology nerd. I love mm-hmm. psych. That's my undergrad degree. Yeah. And um, and so this what I love about this is that it's rooted in science. Right. It is like it's it is all peer reviewed, <laughs> yeah. data driven. Yeah. Which is great because you've you've been intentional about recognizing, hey, we are addicted to our phones. I think it's okay to to admit that we are addicted to our phones in in a psychological sense. Mm-hmm. And so what we need to do is we need to create positive habits in order to break that addiction. But the key word is positive, right? right. Because you're not yeah. demonizing technology because a lot of people who do this, 
demonize the technology. And sometimes for me, I say, you know what? That's right. Smartphones are the devil. Then I buy a, <laughs> a right. flip phone and I'm like, man, this sucks. This I is can't terrible. order an Uber. Right. <laughs> I don't exactly. want, I don't want this. Exactly. You know, so I have all these little, these, uh, these flip phones around me from times where I got extreme. Um, <laughs> but this, this is really something that's doable. And I love the fact that again, you talked about, um, willpower. Yeah. We, we have to realize that Think about it almost like a, a Mortal Kombat type of game. Mm -hmm. You know, the video games where every time you get like kicked, your life goes down. Right. Mm. So it, that's the way our willpower works. It's, yeah. it, it is a resource that can be depleted. Mm. So the concept is called ego depletion. Mm. And so that's why you're more likely to make mistakes later on in the day because you've demonstrated so much willpower throughout the day. You are out of willpower by the time the, the day ends. So that's why when we're having difficult conversations with our spouse, our partners, mm -hmm. um, our family members, we are significantly worse at those difficult conversations. They usually happen in the evening. That's right. We've kept it together all day long. And now we snap in the afternoon. Right. But wow. if we think about the fact that we're trying to be in the moment with somebody mm. and then we're trying to utilize willpower to ignore the phone yeah. and refocus. Yeah. Now we're with everything that that is happening, every distraction that we're trying to refocus from, we're diminishing our performance mm. because we're allocating cognitive energy outside of the interaction that's in front of us. Gosh, that that's that is much smarter than I could have possibly said it, but it's totally right. And it because we all know it. I mean, when you hear that, we all know that you're right. That is when I get in the arguments. That is, you know, this I'm a father of two as well. I know the most important time of the day is six o'clock to eight o'clock, six o'clock to nine o'clock. That's the time. Those are our golden hours. And we got to take back six o'clock to nine o'clock. I believe as a society, we have to take that time back. And that could be morning and evening, by the way, because that's your time when you're charging up in the morning and that's your time, mm -hmm. you're possibly your most productive time. But then that's the time when it's friends and family time in the evening. And so our defenses are way low by that time. And that's why we need, to your point, all you need, one of my, my friend Tanner Clark says this, you need one second of strength. You just need one second of strength to drop your phone in RO and then go live that life, go be present. Um, and it's a, and I've, I've caught myself doing this lately where I'll be in a moment because we know that even with our kids, it, we, we make it sound like it's this great moment all the time. We know there's a bunch of monotony. There's a bunch of minutia with it. And so sometimes we have to say to ourselves, my daughter's name, Gianna, I'm with Gianna right now. Just that statement. That's a really powerful thing. Just mm -hmm. to say what you are doing in that moment can really, really create some power, but we can't do it if we're getting text messages and feeling buzzes, or if in our little crazy active brain, we think, Hey, who, who was the, the rebounding leader in the NBA in 1992? I got to look that up. Right. Right. This second at dinner, you know, we do it all the time. All of us do. <laughs> it's so true. And, you know, quick aside, I think um, our phones have made us worse storytellers oh, because sure. we are focusing on the precise rather than the, mm. the magic of story, you know, mm. because, oh, I don't need to know exactly who that person is with the amount of rebounds. I just need to make an overall point. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I could just simply tell a story. People were able to tell stories. In fact, they were probably better when they didn't have access to the Internet mm. to, to say it precisely, you know, I love that. That's really, really good. Yeah, you're right. Cause the story, yeah, the, the story is in it is in its telling. It's it's not always in the it is not always in just what whatever that point exactly was and the the precision of the point. I love that. Yeah, man. It's it's really interesting because again, we it's it's so black and white. 
Mm-hmm. So all or nothing with the way that we think about technology. You have people who are like, technology is everything. And then you have yeah. people who are like, technology is the worst thing <laughs> that's yeah. happened to us. And with most things, the, the truth lies somewhere in between. So true. It's about recognizing its benefits and then coming to terms with the fact that it makes us, it, it does come with some detriments too. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we need to get rid of it. We just need to be better at managing it. I totally agree with that. And we, we talk about the, the issue here actually is our relationship to it. It's, it's not necessarily the technology itself It's what's our relationship to this, because, you know, with my kids, both of my kids have gotten phones within the last two years. And I felt a, a, actually a high level of confidence to teach them, Hey, here's how you use this thing really, really well. Hey, we're, we're going to, Hey, you're, you're 12, 13 you don't need the internet. I'm going to disable Safari on your phone. And they didn't love it, but, but because it was how they were, how they learned the phone, it wasn't that big of a deal. And so we have to, instead of just going back to flip phones, our kids will get smartphones someday. So let's teach them that right relationship. It's really hard for me to relearn it, but for them to initiate it, it's great. And the analogy we use, if you think back on the Disney movie, Sleeping Beauty, you know, there was this prophecy over the, over the young princess that someday she would prick her finger on a spinning wheel. And so what did her parents do? They got rid of every spinning wheel in the entire kingdom, except for one they couldn't find that happened to be in the castle, which that's oversight on their part. But when she first <laughs> encountered, when she first encountered her first spinning wheel, because she had no idea how to use it, the first thing she did was pricked her finger on it. So here we are, we're going to get rid of phones. We're not going to teach kids how to, we do one of two things. We don't teach them anything about it and we just give it to them and there are problems there or, or we just, we get rid of the phone entirely and then they don't know how to use this amazingly powerful tool. Mm. No, that's powerful. That is really great. And I, I want to go back to one of the things that you sure. said, the the statement of intention. I'm with Gianna. Yeah. I think that is really powerful, but I, I want to, to, to kind of zoom in on mm. this yeah. because a lot of times we react, we just mm. become reactive in these conversations. Mm. Sometimes the conversations that we're having difficult conversations, they choose us. We don't choose it. We, right. we find ourselves in these conversations. And so we just react emotionally to what's Mm. happening. And I think simply taking the time to make that statement of intention first on, on focus, very simply I'm with Gianna. That's, that is the explicit purpose of this interaction. Mm. Great. I mean, even, even before we even get into my ultimate goal with the conversation, Mm. I won't be able to get to my goal or it'll be increasingly difficult to get to that goal. If I'm not even focused on the person who's in front of me, I really like that statement. Mm. Well, it's almost, you know, it's, you know, as, as parents, I know I do this, it's the, that actually reframes the statement I made in a, in a much more positive way, because that's the entire intention of that interaction. I usually have an agenda and telling, Hey, did you make your bed? Did you, you know, all this stuff, but that's not the point. The point is, is being there with her. Um, and that changes everything. And, and you know how that, I mean, that changes the you know, when someone is engaged with you in conversation or waiting their turn to talk, there's a, there's a, yeah. a major difference there. And when, what greater thing could we do as parents than just being with them? Because in being that actually is a form of accepting them, uh, you know, warts and all on, on both sides, you, you're accepting them. I'm just being with you. I love that Kwame. Yeah. And you know, a, it, it made me think, So when we think about communication, Hmm. communication really begins and ends with connection. 
Hmm. You know, we, we have to create a connection in order to begin the conversation. Right. And then once the conversation ends, once the connection ends too. Hmm. And if we think about focus as yeah. the, the, that connecting line, we hmm. realize <laughs> that a lot of times we're not even really communicating yeah. in a, in a meaningful way because we haven't even gotten that, that basic level of right. focus and connection. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's totally right. And Joey is something that is obviously related to what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. but a little bit different is the difficult conversations around the use of RO. Yeah. Because what I'm thinking is that there are going to be people who are listening to this podcast and they're saying, wow, where can I buy this thing? And then they're going to say, that's right. Kwame said, link in the description of this episode. And so then they're, <laughs> then they're going to go and click the description. And then they're going to come with this beautiful piece of technology. Right. And then they're going to come home and they're going to share the episode. And they're going to be like, this might be the best podcast episode I've ever heard. And then they say, even though <laughs> this was such an exceptional podcast, I don't want to use this technology because I want to be on Instagram tonight. Yeah. And so for the listeners who want to try to implement this and they're getting some um, resistance from folks at home, mm. how can they have that difficult conversation? Yeah. Well, I believe that it begins for me, it begins with, with you have to, it begins with your own personal conviction for yourself. We, we know, you know, by experience, all of us know really trying to impose something on somebody else can be very, very challenging, especially if it's a spouse, for example. And I know for me, here's what happens for me. So I'm, I know that I'm giving a gift when it comes to me, I'm giving a gift to my family of my presence, whether they put their phones in RO or not, I'm giving a gift to them because what happens when, mm. when you put your phone in RO, what you're doing, you're bestowing value on everybody else around you. You're saying you're more important than this thing to me. And so whether they participate with me or not, I actually, I'm actually not super, super concerned with that for myself. Um, I think the, I think that the most people, they see a need for themselves, but actually the majority of people, they see the need for, for other people. And, 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 you know, I think as parents, we actually see a need for our kids. I want a good plan for our kids. And that's, that's, that's a place that that can start. But the awesome thing is this, and I'll tell a story, our uh, rich, who is our head of customer experience, he brought Aro home to his family and he has a four-year-old son named Luke. And so Luke said, Hey daddy, what is that? Henry said he explained exactly what it was. And Luke looked at him, nodded his head and walked off. 30 seconds later, Luke came back with his toy phone and he put it in the box. And then he started screaming at the top of his lungs, mom, dad, put your phone in the box. And so what we have found, this is fascinating because you think this is for 12, 13, 14 year old kids. No, no, no. It's for two, three, four, five year old kids who are seeing how you model things. And they did not only deserve, but many of them demand your attention because they, and they deserve it for sure. They deserve all your attention. And they're, they're really, really greedy when it comes to that. And thank God they're greedy for that because otherwise we'd just be off on our phone, scrolling Instagram all the time. So what we've found, it's a long way to, to answer your question, but I found two things. One, you have to feel that need in yourself. And then two, you're actually, when, when it's there, we found that the kids notice really, really poignantly, and they really want that for you. And when your kid asks you to put your phone down, it does powerful things, which actually is how you and I met, which I love this. I'm going to read. You had a beautiful LinkedIn post and you said, are you having family time or cell phone time with family presence? You said, my new goal is to never have Kai ask daddy, why are you always on your phone again? 
man, that'll hit you, won't it? That'll, there, there's, some, there's something that'll change your behavior when you hear it from a six-year-old, from your six-year-old boy. That's pretty powerful, pretty powerful motivator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it's really good. And I think it goes back to what we're when we're thinking about persuasion, it comes in different ways mm. because we can think about persuasion in terms of almost pushing people or bullying them yeah. or shaming them mm. into doing what we want them to do. I, I was on uh <laughs> how ironic I was on Instagram and I saw this <laughs> funny meme and they said, essentially um, parenting becomes, <laughs> or no, 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 it wasn't parenting. It said spending quality time with your spouse has come down to both of you telling each other that you're on your phone too much. That's, <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. And um, it's, it's so funny because it goes back to what we were talking about before with willpower and mm. saying, okay, I'm going to fight this temptation because hearing those own word, my own words, it's like, wow. Mm. I failed on that one. Like, yeah. even you know, I, I did well that day, but right. willpower was depleted. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't do that every day. Right. But one of the best ways to fight temptations is to not put yourself in a position to mm. be tempted. It's you so know? true. It's like, <laughs> I started, um, we just moved into a vir virtual office. So everybody's mm. working from home. We're demo demoing this for a month mm -hmm. and it's been going really well because uh, half of the staff didn't want to come, <laughs> come into right. the office. They work better. And so um, what I realized is that health and fitness wise, it was really mm. easy for me to be disciplined um, because I would only bring healthy food to the office. Mm. Now I'm at home. And I have all of this food and um, oh, yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not doing anything for my body. Cinnamon toast crunch sitting in the pantry. I mean, you, you can't day. say no to that. No, I don't. And it's literally <laughs> like, Joey, people don't get it. Like they think it was a joke in the Ted talk. <laughs> so that's real. It's, huh? that's it's, oh, it's literally every day. And now Kai is competent and capable enough to steal my cereal and Amazing. Think right to it, you know, but it's, it's so true. I think it's even more persuasive if you just lead by example and you yeah. just sit there and say, Hey, no, nope, my phone is in this, in the yeah. RO, you, yeah. you do what you want, but here I yeah. am. I'm that's here right. with you. And then people, people follow suit. I think yeah. that's, that's really powerful. And you actually, the great thing is it becomes unconscious virtually instantly. You have forgotten where your phone is. And this is a, this is something, this is a muscle you build up. And I actually will take, you mentioned earlier, and I do agree with this to some degree, but you, you mentioned that our, you know, we're addicted to our phones. We take a little bit more of a hopeful approach to it. We say we've developed a habit. iPhone just celebrated mm. its 15 year birthday. They've been around for 15 wow. years. So we have learned a habit in 15 years that we need to have our phones with us all the time for about a billion years prior. We didn't have our phones with us all the time because they didn't exist. So I believe that we've learned this and, and our premise and our, our thesis to people is you're a lot closer to the things that you want than you think when you think, Oh, I'm addicted to it. It becomes a crutch, but it also seems like a mountain. You say it's not a mountain. You just need a little bit. You just need some better habits. It's the, you know, the concept of neuroplasticity that we can rewire those, those you know, our, our brain to, to change the behaviors towards the things that we want. And it doesn't take as much as we think. Now, is it hard to engage as, as a, as a spouse on a date night, a father, or even reading a book after that? Yes, it's hard. So it's still, it's still, you know, all we've done, we put our phones back. We've just reset ourselves back to what it was like for our parents. They didn't have phones, but they still had to be good parents. Mm. Right. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm coming to this from the perspective of a parent, but even th as a professional or as a single or someone who's in the dating scene or whatever it is, you still have to still hard to do, 
in the same way that a marathon would still be hard to run, but it'd be the heck of a lot harder if you're carrying a boulder with you, right? And that's what we're doing. We're trying to do these hard things while carrying this boulder in our pockets. And we just need to put it down just for a few minutes each day. That's, that's our thesis, just a few minutes. It doesn't take much. Any time is good time, but pick those moments. Mm, that's great. And I think it's really important to that point to recognize that not all moments are created equally. That's so, yeah, right? so true. It's, and and I, I love that you're making this manageable by thinking about it in terms of, all right, it doesn't need to be all the time. You yeah. don't need to be like a hermit or something like totally. that. No, you can live in the real world. It's okay. But Hey, the, the hours of six and nine, you, you, you probably want to yeah. focus on that. And I think that's, it's so true because I think about that, it's been challenging for me as at the leading a company and yeah. everything like that. And I have these um, employees who work for me. Yeah. I love my employees to death. I should say that. Of course. <laughs> at times it can be challenging. <laughs> 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 and so I, I keep it together all day. And then I go and I, I sit in the garage, yeah. you know, the, the parent, the parent move where you sit in the driveway, the garage, just gather yourself. <laughs> and then Kai opens the door and he's excited to like, you know, jump on my face. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. He doesn't Can't care what he does not care what's happening. Leading up doesn't to that. care. That doesn't time. care, you know? And so it's, it's really great to say, all right, Hey, this is, this is an area of opportunity, right? Yeah. It's, this yeah. is where we need to focus in. And then again, bringing it to the business world, something during yeah. the zoom meetings and all those types of things. Hey, let's, let's focus. Cause these, these conversations are important and yeah. I can see, you know, I've, I've done this enough so I can see when people are, when their eyes are shifting, yes. right. I can see it. It doesn't feel good. We yes. think that we're being sneaky when we're trying to check our email <laughs> during, during a zoom. No, people can see it, you know, yes. and even if you are able to recover and pay yeah. attention enough to respond in a meaningful way. It doesn't undo the little bit of damage that is done when people recognize that there was a break in connection there too. It's, it's so true. There, there's a great study done by a, a um, researcher by the name of Gloria Mark at UC Irvine. And she found that it takes 23 minutes and 15 seconds to refocus after you've been distracted. So in your, in your example there, you could probably fake that you're refocused. You're not, you're not refocused. You're not back in the zone. And, and what's interesting, we've got, we, you know, this is a direct to consumer. We're, we're initiating with a direct consumer product. We've gotten this influx of interest from, from the corporate side saying, oh, we just can't have in-person meetings anymore because everybody's on their phone. And so it's, we're looking for a solution. Let's get that focus back because when we're, when it's during the day, and again, everybody listening to this knows this, when it's work time, you got to focus. We got to be productive. We're all achievers here. Let's do our absolute best that we can throughout the day. And it's just really hard. And especially, and we all know this in, in COVID when we were, when we were all remote and we lost connection, we have the benefit now in many instances of face-to-face -face communication. And we got to take advantage of that. And we're still somewhere else prioritizing somebody else above, above those moments that we're in. So we, we've been interested in the corporate application that's come from this and just, Hey, let's have, let's have these in conference rooms so people can focus. Mm, that's really good. That's really, really good. And I think one, one other thing too, cause we, it's, it's pretty easy to, go from this topic and talk, then move on to uh, multitasking too. Yeah. Um, they're, they're related. And I think we have to pay attention to the unique ways in which technology makes focus difficult. Mm. So for instance, if there is a bird chirping outside, that's not going to be as 
distracting as a cell phone, right? right? And, and so we have to understand why. So when we think about our computer screens or our, our cell phones, whatever it happens to be, it focuses your attention on that little block, that little rectangle, mm. but it focuses it and then disperses it. Yeah. So I log into my, mm. I focus now onto my phone, but then once I enter my phone, I have hundreds of apps with all of these notifications. And so it is a, a higher level of distraction than wow. almost anything else that we've encountered as humans, you know? Right. And so it's a very unique mental challenge that nobody's really been able to physically overcome because our brains aren't designed to overcome such a high level of distraction. That's exactly, I mean, that, that's, that's, you nailed it right there. We are physically incapable of doing it. We're mentally incapable of doing it. We just can't. These, these things have been designed much stronger than our human brain. And um, if we're holding it, I use a, I think probably a, terrible analogy that that's, that's maybe not spot on, but if I'm carrying chocolate cake with me all day, I'm going to take a bite at some point, <laughs> but there's a, there is a, yes. it's, it's, it's stupid. I know, but there's a, but there is a 0% chance I'm going to eat a bite of chocolate cake. If it's not in front of me, I can't do it. And so let's, let's just create a little bit of distance. And so, and this is where, you know, I, I love your podcast on, on just practically on the negotiation side, but I think about What's not negotiable for me? Because we know, and we all, we all know this, that the toughest negotiation is a negotiation with your present self and your future self, right? We know this thing that I want in the in this dopamine hit that I want from this endless world of distraction on my phone is what I want more. I'm negotiating between that and being present with my wife on a date night. That's a really hard negotiation. And so we got it. We got to take that moment to pause and really negotiate with ourselves and say, no, this is more important to me. Mm. So true. So true. And again, we, we want to make it as easy as possible yeah. to make that good decision. That's right. And we do that by taking the decision out of our hands. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's no more decision to make again, back to the, my friend Tanner Clark has one second of strength. You just need one second of strength to put it down. And then it does not require strength towards that effort anymore. Strength towards something else you got to put your effort towards something else, but that effort is on done. You've accomplished that one. I love this. This is great. So Joey, where can we get a hold of this RO? Absolutely. Go to goro.com. That's G O A R O.com. Um, we are shipping out, um, very, very early fall. So we're within the, uh, within the window here, we're manufacturing right now and um, goro.com. And if you're just curious, hey, here's another thing. A lot of people say, hey, this is really interesting. I'm a little curious. Get on our wait list. Um, just find out a little bit more about it. Put your name on there. We'd love to communicate with you. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's something I can say for me is made in, in uh, there was no bigger offender than me on this. And I can say that it's changed everything around me. I really do mean that. Because we know when we change our relationship with our phones, we change our relationship with everybody around us. All of our relationships change just by changing that one relationship. Mm, so true. So true. Joey, really appreciate it, man. This was really great. Kwame, thank you so much. 
Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.